Okay, fellas. This is episode 45 of What You Spinning. Full five. Um, we're here in Jake's place again. Always nice to change it up. Jake's place where you can talk about finals. Baby. <laughs> 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 Gotta have our own soundtrack. Right. Uh, but how are you guys doing? Good, 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 good. Nice yeah. relaxed, ready for the weekend. Yeah, it was a weird week. Like, I felt like it flew by it and flew then by so, for me it flew by so fast. It flew by and yeah. then Thursday and Friday hit and it was just like getting chopped in the nads like every <laughs> fucking hour. I was like, this is why is it taking so slow? Right. I was like, I don't even remember what happened Monday through Wednesday, but now I'm like, goddamn. Yeah. But, but we made it. We made it. Somehow, we made it. We made it. And my favorite way to kick off start the weekend too. Oh yeah. With the pod. So. Oh yeah, yes. I went to the corner store and grabbed a couple, couple tallies and like got in the car and I was literally just like, time to podcast, like sitting there just vibing. I was like, let's go. Um, with that being said, uh, this is episode forty-five of What You Spinning. We're gonna kick it off with Matt's pick for this week. Going back, uh, revisiting an artist we covered on the inaugural episode of this podcast. So I'm actually really, really stoked to go back to talk about this. And who would that? Who, who would that? Would, be? Who would that be? Well, we're going way back, East Coast style with Nas. It was written uh, an album that's very heartfelt for me, just because I listened to it a lot uh, in high school. Kind of came out my junior senior year, so. Has a lot of memories for me. Uh, the structure of the album is a little bit more like a Pablo Escobar kind of vibe, where mm-hmm. he's talking about you know different you know themes of that. But overall, like, it kind of set the standard for that subgenre a little bit, which was short lived. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is you know highly acclaimed. People mm-hmm. use it as a site as a reference for you know getting them into hip hop in general, yeah. or their favorite R and B album. Um, it's a little bit different than his debut, you know. He talks more street and nomadic, and this I feel is like more this is like more mainstream. That kind of a, people thought it was a sellout album in yeah. a sense, um, and he is more like it's more of a concept album to its finest. You know, he talks about being that like you know he's got the firm baby, yeah. You know, it's got that kind of vibe to it. Yeah. So I think a lot of people didn't look at it like that. They thought, well, what, what's he doing? They didn't see that concept style because mm-hmm. you don't see that in hip hop too often. You yeah. do now, you, maybe you do now, mm-hmm. but back in the nineties. Mm-hmm. It was it was it was a rare thing, you know. I think Pac did a little bit, but yeah. other than that, uh, I know you guys like Nas. You know, we've talked about it before. You guys have talked about it before. But what do you think? I think just to kind of continue touching about uh, or talking about uh, Nas as an artist and as a rapper, I feel like he's he's one of the ones that's really interesting to look at because you know he's got these two first albums, right? Mm-hmm. That are, that are just absolute nuclear bombs to mm-hmm. the rap game, and you know really helped Man. put the new york rap like on the map you know outside of outside of biggie and but then you look at it and you're and he had some stuff that didn't do as well you know and he's still it's like it's still nas you know he still put out those two albums people will put out shitty music it fucking happens it happens all the time happens all the time and so i feel like he had such a strong you know first two albums and then kind of tapered off super yeah. quick and so he kind of gets swept under the rug mm-hmm. unless you're talking to people that are massively into the genre or massively into music as a whole um 
and then they're like, oh yeah, no, no, Nas is the fucking man, which yeah. he is. And so it's just it's one thing that I was really, I was really looking at it today, you know, going through his albums and seeing how well they were received, like critically and like by the masses. And I was like, this is so weird, man. Like two massively strong albums, and then after that, just kind of the wings kind of just fell off the plane, mm-hmm. and then. Up until what? When did he put out the first King's Disease? Like 2016? Like, yeah, 2017, 18. Yeah, and then that was like him coming back. And then he yeah. finally won a Grammy for an, a rap album of the year in mm-hmm. fucking 2020, which is bananas. Not like, to think yeah. about. Yeah, it's it absolutely it wild to think of about. All things, yeah, they finally give him a spot. Yeah. yeah. For him to be relevant still, you know, 20 years later. Is, exactly. It's amazing. Yeah. That's, the other, that's the other cool thing is it's like, yeah, no. It, and that was kind of the. I think him winning the Grammy in 2020, especially when rap nowadays is such a popular genre, but it's mm-hmm. so cl- uh, cluttered. It is very. That's a great. Word. It's, it's very. Cluttered. It's, it's cluttered. cluttered. Like there's just so mm-hmm. much going on in it, and then yep. and then to have an old geese like fucking Nas come out and <laughs> yeah. and win a Grammy in 2020 yeah. is awesome. That's the thing too. I feel like everyone knows who Nas is. Mm-hmm. Like for his mm-hmm. beginning stuff so even afterwards nowadays the stuff that he's doing with hit boy yeah all of the stuff his newer albums magic like it's all still showing his like hey i'm still here yeah like he's still very much new york hip-hop mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like let's forget let's forget the stuff i released between it was written and like magic and king's disease yeah, like there, let's just fucking forget about that there was still super strong albums and yeah like, super good like the like I wanted to bring... Well, I'm going to bring that up later. <laughs> hold off. This album, though, it was written... Back to your point, saying that it was kind of like... People were saying it was like... It was a sellout. A sellout. That's what they thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's crazy how people thought that. Mm-hmm. That it's literally someone's second album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, he was like... He's only done two... Th- <laughs> like He's only done two like albums. Like, why are you already considering it a sellout? Yeah. But people did, because mm-hmm. it was like... His first album, it was just so big. Mm-hmm. so massive for the culture for rap and then when this came out it had a lot more like upbeat um the production on it it didn't have you know q-tip it didn't have that right. much of dj premiere it had mainly like two guys on it i forget the name on his debut on this album dj premieres on here he is he's Dr. on a song Dre's on here yeah but it's mainly but they're producing no, they're it's producing. mainly some other group yeah. uh Token Tone is that who it who it is? It's like it's mainly produced by like a group Trackmasters. Trackmasters, track I saw masters. that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's mainly Trackmasters, which I was trying to find stuff about I've them. Never I couldn't find that. anything yeah. about them. Mm-hmm. Um, but this this didn't yeah this didn't seem that much more like I guess influenced by the underground hip hop like DJ Premier Q Tip. Mm-hmm. Um, having all those guys on that quest love like this didn't feel like that it had more mainstream feeling so I see why people thought it did he was selling out mm-hmm. he's got collapse with Dre and Lauren Hill yeah and Foxy Dre, Brown's Hill. on here like he got all these people you yeah. Know? yeah yeah I can see that 100%. but I, but I don't know I feel like it's still really solid um, super good for like a second album mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. follow up to probably one of the biggest out like hip hop albums at the time for mm-hmm. sure oh yeah so. But yeah, I like that he has the firm on this. Um, mm-hmm. First time we're seeing, you know, Foxy Brown, yeah. uh, AZ, mm-hmm. uh, Cormega, like all these guys. That song. Mm-hmm. Affirmative Action. Oh. Affirmative Action, yeah. Dude. <laughs> that song's so hard, dude. That song is so good. It's it's one of those songs that, you know, kind of talks about cocaine as a, mm-hmm. you know, just 
in lyricism in, in general. And I remember being back in high school and I was listening to that song and being like, man, they're talking about cutting it up and weighing it out. Foxy Brown, dude, she goes off. <laughs> you, yeah. don't, you, don't, yeah. you didn't hear that back in that time. You talk, you talk about drugs and stuff and hip-hop, but you didn't have people breaking it down like that. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. It was just a little different. Yeah, mm-hmm. a little different. And for a, to be a female rapper... Yeah. Even cooler. Even cooler. I like that uh, Lauren Hill, Michelle, she's on this too. Mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping, like, the first time, I mean, obviously I've heard this album plenty of times, but it would have been cool if she rapped on it. Mm-hmm. If she rapped on so it, it would have been good. Yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. But I love her singing on it. Like, I forgot that this song was on this album. Um, but yeah, If I Rule the World, like, that's probably one of his most known albums. Oh, yeah. Also, yeah. Of all time. And it's one of the, speaking on that song in particular, because, you know, I feel like that's like you said that's one of Nas's biggest songs mm-hmm. and to have it just absolutely buried at the absolute bottom of the track list mm-hmm. on an album it's like mm-hmm. people it's like you really listen to this whole album and didn't find one other like absolute banger and it's like this is the one that like everyone right. really liked which mm-hmm. i mean makes sense you know oh, masses God. are going to it's it's you know comparing you know you're really splitting hairs there but mm-hmm. uh it's just that's funny to me you know it's like oh wait did people not like this album <laughs> or something like, like until the very back, last one? Back when it came out too, or even just music in general back in the MTV days where it was music and, mm-hmm. you know, MTV music awards and all that stuff. They were looking for those one tracks that were would stand out and be popular and they just yeah. ignored the rest of the album. I yeah. did the same thing when I bought this album. I did, I listened, I I'd always go to the last song and bump that if I rule the world Yeah, for the most part. And you go back now and you're like, there are so many good tracks on this album that mm-hmm. are still relevant today and still sound good today yeah and have some great lyricism in them and i'm surprised that more people don't know about this album right and speaking on that as well it's something that's com- that's kind of completely changed in music as a whole as across any genre mm-hmm. is back in the day it was like you would very like picking a single to put out before your album came out you weren't like it was a hell of a process you wanted oh, to make yeah. sure you were putting out the best one and you weren't putting out like more than one or two, you know, maybe three at the max. Mm-hmm. And then nowadays, Matt, you and I just got hella into fucking Sleep Token. Mm-hmm. They've released half of their album that's coming out next month so, as singles. Yeah. Like they've put out like five singles out of their new off their new album already. Well, that's the thing. Back then, you had to be so specific because mm-hmm. um, there wasn't streaming. Right. There wasn't. You know, like you couldn't just send it a file over to someone instantly. Like it was yeah. like radio play. Yeah. So it had to be radio friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it had to be a song where it's not, you know, too, mm-hmm. I guess, street credit or whatever. Yeah. So it had to be the Lauren Hill yeah. song. Um, I just think, I just, I don't know. I was kind of thinking about that this morning. I was like, man, like singles, like the whole art of and strategy behind releasing singles really just got fucking obliterated by streaming services exploding. Yeah. It just got destroyed, they, which I mean, is cool. They, they had, like, I mean, people talk about it, like, and artists talk about it, that they'd have, like, co- conferences of, with, like, all the head people mm-hmm. in the, you know, the record label, and they'd mm-hmm. pick out the singles from the album yeah. and everything, so. It's funny that that song was so popular based on the opening line, you know, imagine smoking the weed in the streets without cops harassing, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's the most popular song at that time, <laughs> yeah. that's really cool, but, yeah. you know, it's really awesome. True. True, true. The this whole album, man, it's got so many good songs too. Um, Shootouts, that's a similar good one. to Wild West, Broad Daylight. Yeah, that song, the message. Um, message was, is a hell that's of like a, a, that's yeah, like, you know, that's basically the opening track. You know, besides yeah. the album intro with the you know the the, yeah. the album intro, the album intro is fucking amazing. It has some cool samples. Mm-hmm. 
as a Sam Cooke sample. Really? With somebody else as well. Uh, a change is going to happen is the sample they use in there. Harriet left last night. She ain't going to be back till tomorrow. Like, just... It's like, whoa, like yeah. that is, yeah. that is really like, cool. that is painting the picture of what you're getting into. That's like, that's what I love about, you know, bands that'll do this, you know, even on my album for this week, you know, it's like this weird little intro track mm-hmm. and then it's like, this is what you're getting yourself into mm-hmm. or it'll be completely misleading, you know, right. yeah. <laughs> but, and then, you know, Jacob, you just were naming off tracks and couldn't help but spit a couple bars because that's like, that's Nas, man. Yeah. It's his, it's his lyricism. Mm-hmm. That's what's kept him around for so long. Mm-hmm. Is his lyricism and his flow. And one thing that I feel like doesn't get mentioned a lot in rap as a, in general is his voice. His the his like voice, the his way voice. his voice sounds, it's like I don't he has a distinct voice. It's like nobody sounds like Nas. No, it's I like can't. smooth but yeah. also like paired with his lyricism, it takes kind of the edge off of what he's saying and makes it more digestible. You know, it's not as aggressive mm-hmm. as say like a fucking Tupac or like yeah, a Michi or like a Michi Darko kind of thing. It's held up well too. Like, mm-hmm. You hear his newer stuff; it sounds still like him. Oh yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. And he just has like I feel like nowadays he has more trap focused beats. Right. But his delivery is still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like his bars are still there. He's always been super lyrical. Yeah. Um, with everything that he's writing. And it's like, dog, how? Like I feel like he just goes on runs, like on these fucking he'll just be spitting bars for days and I'm like when did this like put a timer on it like when did he breathe last like yeah. what the fuck I swear <laughs> yeah. to god he hasn't breathed in two and a half minutes yeah yeah it's crazy man um all his albums too I was just looking at cause I was kinda on a bender this morning just listening to Nas I was listening to a lot of King's Disease not a bad not a bad bender uh, to get on oh yeah but even the albums after this some of them yeah they kinda get swept down like I am it was eh mm-hmm. stillmatic I wanted to. All right, I'm gonna bring this up. So, Stillmatic, um, Ether. Yeah, the Jay Z. The Jay Z diss. Uh, I read. I went on a whole. That was the dive. I, I that, that was I the dive I went too. on today. I was like, why do they hate each other or not anymore? Like, who, what's the? <laughs> who do we think won that? Jay Z or Nas? Their beef. Oh. God damn it. Um. I'm gonna say just off of music, Nas. Nas is Ether. Yeah, maybe in the end they squashed it. You know, I know they had yeah, a beef, they he had a beef with Tupac before Tupac died. There was a that was there sad. was a diss track. Yeah, that Tupac, you know. And then they squashed it three days before he got fucking. And he murdered. wasn't able to take it off, obviously, because he was dead. Yeah, you know. But um, I, I would... remember reading or listening to a story about Tupac and Nas meeting in like Central Park or something, and like having a, mm-hmm. a very intense conversation. Yeah, and somebody almost getting shot. Damn. Um, so to know that they kind of squashed that beef, you mm-hmm. know, and, and didn't have any ill feelings at the end of his life is kind of cool, you know. Yeah. You know, just being hip hop artists together and, you know, respecting each other's craft and walking yeah. away. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I wish that would happen more. Oh uh, yeah. East Coast West Coast bullshit. At the, yeah. At this point too, it was very heavy. Like. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the like beef. the prime time. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It's sure. like, oh, mm-hmm. people are coming to my city. You're from mm-hmm. the West Coast. You're a rapper, and it mm-hmm. was like, you know. Well, in I. To, to answer your question, I think Nas ended up winning, though Jay-Z did have some pretty dope-ass moments, like being like, ask Nas what the fuck, like, you know, yeah. on stage. Uh, mm-hmm. But overall, Nas, to answer your question. But I think, you know, also at this time, uh, because if you watch the Biggie documentary, the most recent one that they put on Netflix, uh, him and Pac were actually friends mm-hmm. at one point. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. the when they started to grow... That they just it just became a volatile situation. So I think that was probably kind of what also drove 
the Nas and stuff is because like it or the whole it that like those two massive names in the game from either territory being friends and then that dissolving really just uh put fucking kerosene to the match on that and, nice. yeah but fuck it man it's all good now yeah, <laughs> got yeah, great yeah. music out of it but yep. yeah it is wild i fucking i didn't know that he had all these beefs and disses like i didn't look into it that hard when we first covered him yeah. And then I was like, damn, all right. Like, Nas is kind of a kind of a little shit talker. I, I fucking dig that. <laughs> I feel like that came with the territory, though. Because he was, like, he was so big with his music that he was doing that people wanted in on it, in mm-hmm. a way. Um, even if they weren't on the album or if they wanted to beef with him to get recognition themselves. Like, yeah. Nas was on top of the game at this yeah, point. Yeah, they were him co-tailing him hard. And he yeah. might have built off that, because when he first came out as an artist, he was a little shy. He wasn't, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, he wasn't that hip-hop, you know, standard and so i think a lot of that you know played into what he his image in general so mm-hmm. maybe he you know acted a little harder after that happened you know yeah because in the beginning he was just like ah still my thing definitely definitely and i feel like the people that he had on his albums too like cemented it that much more because i mean he's got mob deep on this too mm-hmm. um with havoc producing that song that's a great uh, one too super good track yeah um lauren hill yeah i mean it's, it's crazy man it's mm-hmm. crazy this album it's and it's so funny to you know i didn't i didn't we don't have to do this if we don't want to but i'm almost down to try and figure out which one we like more the three of us whether we like illmatic or it was written more do you guys have opinions on that i like them both for different reasons yeah i think the production and the beats on illmatic yes blow these out of the water yeah in my opinion, yeah, just it's a beca- different feel. It's a much different feel, and in a lot of those tracks, uh, beats ended up getting used for years mm-hmm. after, and still are getting used to this day. Yeah. But from a lyricism standpoint, I think it was written again. I think for as a concept album, this is one of the the better ones to come out of hip hop genre from the nineties. Absolutely, in my opinion. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I can't pick. No. I can't pick. I, would say I like them both, both for very yep. very different reasons. Yeah, I but would, it, I couldn't just pick one over the other. Yeah. No. It, you're two of it's two albums from the same artist but you're comparing fucking apples and pineapples like Mm -hmm. there's nothing but i was trying to see if we get a little controversial Mm -hmm. controversial (laughs) on a saturday (laughs) no you leave that you leave that to me that that's you yeah that's the after hours after hours no for sure though super solid pick dude great pick we had to bring up nos again yeah we had to bring Mm -hmm. nos so Either that be, you know, his newer stuff with King's Disease, or... And I would be interested in even doing that, you know? Like, there's there's a lot of... There's a lot of artists in general that, you know, we've already, like, I've already gone back and touched on a couple different artists a couple of times, and I feel like it's just because, you know, music's an emotional thing for a lot of people, and Mm -hmm. so, you know, like, you know, George brought up Illmatic for his reasons, and then Matt, you were like, I have, like, I fucking listened to this when I was like junior in high school or whatever when it came out when it fucking came <laughs> out <laughs> you're not gonna bait you're not gonna bait me into making <laughs> an it. old joke do man. It. Do it. you're not gonna bait me you geese goddamn but no um but so it's sometimes i feel weird bringing up something that we've already kind of covered from and like that artist but mm-hmm. it's yes you know, you know with time their music changes you know it's like sailing the seas and cheese is completely different from fucking frizzle fry right mm-hmm. it was written very different from nomadic yep 
I fucking love this pick though. I was very very happy that you brought it up. I was yeah. bumping. I was like walking around corporate feeling like Billy fucking badass dude. Just <laughs> listening. I was like, I made it like that. I'm living like, like that. that. I'm living like that. Mm-hmm. You whack MC. Yeah, dude. <laughs> this whole album, man. Yeah. It, it felt good to go back to Nas too because mm-hmm. um, I'll like if I'm if I'm lucky enough, like my shuffle will bring up an album or a song of his. Um, but full album, man. So good to go back. Just. Mm-hmm the base of hip-hop kind of i feel like where everything started kicking off for hip-hop yeah it starts with nah it starts mm-hmm. with the yeah. 90s mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. um yeah super good it's super the best era of music in my opinion i will yeah, say man. that any chance i get the 100%. 90s is the fucking best man. 100 shall we i'll start off yep top threes going honorable mention and then three two one honorable mention for me is going to be take it in blood and then three two one affirmative action just because that was a fun song Number two, Black Girl Lost, and then my top song is second track with the message. You know, just such a powerful way to start off an album. Yeah. For me, uh, honorable mentions. uh, I gave you power. I I love. I love when a rapper or any artist uh, does something from the point of view of an inanimate object or writes a song like, like uh, me and my girlfriend by fucking Tupac talking it's all about a gun i gave you power it's about him being a gun uh uh what's the name of the krs1 song uh i'm dreaming uh about being a blunt yeah i'm dreaming about being a blunt like just fucking going completely out of uh the normal point of view i love so i gave you powers an honorable mention for me watch them brethren because i'm not trying to get canceled uh, number three, Street Dreams. Number two, Black Girl Lost. And number one, Affirmative Action. Couldn't get enough of that one. Yes, we did. Yes. Street Dreams, it's a... Uh, Eurythmics play. Mm-hmm. To another, yeah, right, to another song. Yeah, Sweet, Sweet Dreams. Dreams. Yeah. Are made of this. Yeah, great cool. dancing cover, too. Yeah, that one's cool. <laughs> um, honorable mention, I'm gonna go with uh, Nas is Coming. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's cool that he has Dre on mm-hmm. it. Um, and that it's produced by him. And yeah, not we weren't seeing that a lot like West Coast East Coast coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was cool. Uh, top three, I'm gonna go. Uh, I gave you power. Mm-hmm. Um, super good. Love the DJ premiere uh, mm-hmm. beat on it. Wish he was on this album more. Um, number two, the setup. Okay. And then my favorite song, definitely affirmative action, because I feel like that's like the most like just raw like hip-hop like mm. it's got yeah, that, it's, that beat too that like the beat yeah the weird like the piano organ piano, whatever that yeah. is yeah Silent, yeah, yeah. super cool <laughs> hell yeah well great fucking pick dude yeah yeah we just went on a, that was a hell of a conversation a bender that was awesome uh and anyway we just nerded the fuck out about it was written by nas released in 1996 uh, great year, year I was born, so you know, two great things came out that year. Uh, anyway, uh, we'll be right back to Dive Into Mine. Alright, alright. Three minutes of playtime. Got you for three minutes. Using a lot of big <coughs> words. A lot of big words. Um, let's go ahead and uh, completely change pace here. Uh, 
Going forward in time a little bit to 2005, uh, another post-hardcore pick for me with All's Well That Ends Well by Kyotos, a uh, post-hardcore group. Uh, came out in 05, like I just said. Uh, fantastic, fantastic fucking album. Um, yes. It's like, I feel like not a lot of people that are into that genre, like, if you, you have to be, like, hella into that genre in order to know Kyotos, I feel like, because mm-hmm. they were kind of... They were kind of a flash in the pan. Uh, Craig Owens, amazing fucking vocalist. Uh, a lot of very interesting stuff, in my opinion, going on musically with this. I've got some stuff I could go on about, but I'll let you boys take it away. So, I wanted to bring this up because I'm pretty sure I've seen I've seen this before. Uh huh. Um, this is very much was in my like space that I was listening to, like Under Oath, all this yeah. stuff like that, post hardcore. I got into these guys literally Through the Oath. same the same day I got into Under Oath. Yeah. 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 So checks out. Um I swear somewhere I saw this cover mm-hmm. with uh that Rizza did like a spin off of a song. Really? Yeah. I have to find it. It was like it's it's there. It's somewhere. Like I pretty sure it's on YouTube somewhere. Yeah, but I've seen like it's the same exact cover but it's just like. Rizzo. Are you talking about Books of War with Riza and MF Doom? No, 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 no. Doom isn't on. I think it's just Riza. It looks like this. I'll find it. I'll show you later. But um, <laughs> I think I. That was a tangent. No, it, I think so. I'll find it. I'll find I'm it. picturing something. Yeah, we'll fucking we'll divulge off camera. Yeah. But but apart from that, <laughs> back on topic. <laughs> this album, sick dude, super cool. Their debut, I guess, because before this it was EPs and mm-hmm. singles, so this is like their first actual like studio album. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really good. Classic post-hardcore sound to it. 2005, around the same time that, yeah, Under Oath was making music. Mm-hmm. This was a little bit after. Um, their only. It was a year after their only Chasing Safety. Yeah, and then we were talking about this too, like around the same time, that system, like after... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, was it was like mesmerized, like, hypnotized era. Yeah, so like very up and coming for rock music. I feel like at the time, mm-hmm. um, I haven't heard too much about these guys um, since. Honestly, I think this album kind of was their, like their, I guess their pinnacle, you could say. But mm-hmm. it's got great guitar licks on it. Um, the guitar work on it is super cool. The drumming on it is super cool. Everything about it, it has that like the screams on it and everything. Yeah super sick man i love these rock picks and uh it's like very amps me up every time oh yeah no i had to go i had to bring the i had to bring the juice for this one i don't know why i was like yeah i was like you know what i kind of was i calmed down a little bit i was like i went res that was a little weird otis 1975 Mm -hmm. that was that was some soft shit and i was like you know what (laughs) i was like you know what I've been I've been waiting, and also I've been waiting to like wait for this to like price drop on fucking Discogs. Finally got it. It took forever to fucking get here. Uh, so no, I was like, you know what, we gotta we gotta bring it up. And it was I found myself I don't know why like for like the past five episodes probably like since Tribe since the Tribe episode I kept listening to this. I was like I don't know why I'm just like really fucking digging this, mm-hmm. and so I was like let's bring it up. And also go back uh, into my my theme of being the anger the angry music guy. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's like I was I got into this like I said same time I got into Under Oath. Uh, shout out my boy Caleb. Uh, didn't tried to get him on, wasn't able to happen. But um, shout out. 
he made me because we were playing fucking rock band and we were like buying like it was rock band four and you could like go online and like buy songs to play and he bought a couple under oath ones and i was like dude i really fuck with this kind of music like can you make me a playlist and i was i was pirating music at the time Mm, a lot a lot and so he was like so he's like get these like get these albums and so kyotos was one of them and I like I was like I love Under Oath they kick ass and then out of all the ones other bands that he showed me Kyoto's was the other and so I fucking was listening to these guys working weird shifts at a call center you know working in the junkyard like I have a lot of appreciation for this fucking album oh yeah if I would have heard of this when I was like in that zone oh yeah I would have dug this like, oh yeah so hard. Like, that's the first thing I said I was like dude if I would have heard this when I was fucking 16 I would have been yeah I would have been all I would have been a mess yeah I would have <laughs> I would have came unfucking glued like yeah. <laughs> living in a trailer park right now just yeah <laughs> like trailer park boys like uh, yeah have a have a car with three different color doors like yeah <laughs> yeah and to kind of build upon how you pick your albums like like mm-hmm. you said earlier your, your last three you went from you know Otis Rez and this I just that shows your your appreciation for every genre mm-hmm. so i think it's mm-hmm. a pretty cool way to dive into this album for me my favorite part is the band name it's mm-hmm. a throwback to the filmmakers that made the movie killer clowns from outer space that is who did that movie uh, the last oh. name is chiodo so they added the s but mm-hmm. it was two brothers and they just they just took that last name and made it their band name that's cool favorite part about that whole thing because of that movie um but like you said, Jake, the guitar and the drumming on this album are so good. They're so fast. The vocals are great. With is Greg Owens is Craig, name? yeah, Craig, Craig Owens. Owens. I like how he hits those high notes, and they can also do the screaming, but it come right back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got such a good voice too. It's very oh, yeah. clear. It's crisp. You like, can hear those notes that he's hitting spot mm-hmm. on. You know, it's great. Like the opening to "Baby You Wouldn't Last a Minute Up the Creek" is mm-hmm. the fucking best. That let's just stop. And there's, yeah. there's song, there's song titles and how long they are. Yeah, there's song. That's my them. another favorite part about this pick. I'm like, yes, yeah. you there's know, no penguins in Alaska. Yeah. Yes, and there's so many different uh, nods and references to Shakespeare stuff. So mm-hmm. I think they were just very into that kind of, you know whatever that, that yeah. vibe is, you know, they throw a lot of that numerous things on there, whether it's a song title or a, a lyric in the song, a yeah. lot of Shakespeare nods there, which is pretty cool. That is. I, I'm glad that you guys liked it. It's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, just a little backstory. Uh, I can't remember where the band itself is from. I think from California cause Craig Owens, it was Craig Owens was the one that like got popular out of these guys, which is weird to say for a rock band mm-hmm. because usually you say that shit about like fucking NSYNC or something. But Craig Owens got, like, massively popular because of his voice and, and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's from, like, Santa Barbara. So these guys are from California. This was their first album. No one knows the real reason why Craig Owens left the band. After this album, right? After. Was it after this one, or was it? I think it was after the next. Okay. I think he did, like, two or maybe two, maybe three even. but Or maybe, I think it was just two. Uh, I want to say, fucking, I wish... I wish I would have fucking called Caleb this morning and been like, yo, help me out. Because I want to say he knew why, but, it, like, you can't find it anywhere online. They just, like, canned Craig from the band, mm. tried out a new singer for a hot, like, not even a fucking year. And then they're like, all right, dude, come back. Like, they reformed the band, and then they just quit. They just stopped playing music together. Uh, but, yeah, and then Craig went on to do another band that was, like, a... It was like a post-hardcore underground supergroup because it was like a bunch of these guys that 
were in really good post-hardcore bands that weren't that popular, got together to form a band called Drugs, which stands for Destroy, Rebuild Until God Shows, which is probably the coolest fucking band name I've heard in a while. Band names, dude. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they were they were kind of this, like, just... I felt like, you know, you listen to their music and, it, and you read about them and you're like, they were just always about to explode. You know, they were always just about to be big, like, huge. And... But they have such a cult following, like online with like all the all the people that are like that are like my age now that grew up listening to this. They're like, dude, Craig Owens was the fucking man. Like, where's Kyoto's? Like, all that. Um, but yeah, there's so many. There's just so many good things about this album. Uh, the songs do kind of have the same because it's it's a genre that you can't really stray from the formula right post hardcore but there is some stuff that's like super technical like baby wouldn't last minute up the creek there's no hardcore dancing in the living room you know and they got their interludes in between yeah, yeah exactly great and so good there, there is sections too i feel like where it breaks off like from the song like it'll chop mm-hmm. off like uh what song is it um the words best friend are, re- are redefined become somewhere. redefined here become redefined yeah. yeah that song uh there's like a section in the end where it does like a beat break Mm-hmm. That it kind of sounds like a like a like a, a beat machine. Mm-hmm. Like I, that was cool. I was like, "What the heck?" Like it kind of sounds like like a very brief period of it is like kind of just like a beat, just a kind of instrument like yeah, instrumental electronic thing. It's a little fucking techno thing for yeah. like five seconds, and then it's just yeah. yeah I heard that. Like that was cool. Um, fucking same killer. thing. Uh, no penguins in Alaska. Um, at like the one thirty mark, there's like a sick ass guitar section in there. Um, that every time I listen to that song, I like wait for that timestamp and just like, yeah, if you yeah. want to play it. And then they'll also break away, you know, like you said, do like the the electronic kind of kick beat thing, and then they'll do these beautiful like piano runs too. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really good piano work on this album, which is something that I kind of always come back to. The intro, the opening, uh, opening song. Yeah, album. Prelude. Mm-hmm. That's fucking awesome. Like like the Honda dude. <laughs> like the Honda, I saw like the Honda. I saw a disgusting. Shout and, out Ariel. <laughs> I saw a disgusting prelude yesterday, and I'm not talking like that's disgustingly cool, dude. It was horrendous. Had the biggest ICP logo I've ever seen in my oh, fucking oh, life on it. Of course. Yeah, the whole back windshield was the fucking Insane hatchet man. Possible. Yeah, oh my God. My it was gross. That's gross. But no, God, man, fucking. Boys. Oh, the the sh- meat. Sh- sh- they snuck in. They snuck in. That's cool. Um, but I'm yeah, I'm glad that y'all liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have to send y'all a link to the album for Destroy Rebuild. I know the the CD tray insert has a little like lyric on there. It says, "Uh, I'll stab, I'll stop stabbing once you stop screaming." Like it's oh. on the insert on the CD. I was wondering if it was like anywhere in there, but I, I doubt it. Like towards the back of the case, it says, "I'll I'll stab I'll stop stabbing once you stop screaming." <laughs> I was like, "That is hilarious." Yeah, that's cool. It's just like a random thing on there. The cover is sick too. It looks I don't know. It, it looks is like cool. something out of Elden Ring. Like, right? Yeah. It is very. See, it's very like yeah. It's like a thirty foot tall man like riding a <laughs> riding a, 
It's probably like a reference to like the River Styx and shit. You I'm know? not Shakespeare like, stuff or into. I feel like that whole band yeah. is just into that whole poetry, you know, that all oh, yeah. that set up. And even the back of the album cover. I mean, what the fuck's going on there? It was like a cool ass bird mm-hmm. man and then a woman with a rat for a face. Oh, yeah, like you see. Oh, yeah. You know, you know. pretty typical. I've yeah. seen that. It's just yeah. typical. This is it's just post hardcore shit, man. That's just what we do. Okay. <laughs> Killer, make make killer clowns from outer space. Exactly. <laughs> that I was trying to figure out. I was like, why does that name sound familiar? And then you said I, I didn't think to look at what movies those guys had made. And mm-hmm. I was like, of course they made fucking killer clowns. Too. Yeah. Fucking popcorn guns. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, but no. Uh, fucking all's well that ends well by Kyoto's. Um, great stuff. If you like aggressive music, if you like. Stuff that's interesting. This has to be like your training arc of you going to the gym. Yeah, this, this, this gotta be the the start. I feel like, especially for me, for like rock music, it mm-hmm. like just amps me up so. Hard oh yeah. For like yeah no just pring or doing like a big lift. Mm-hmm. So no, you go to any fucking high school football weight room right now, and they're listening to Alice in Chains. They're like, blasting. Yeah, yeah, they're blasting this and Pantera. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> there's yes. no in between. Uh, which is which is fun, you know. It's it's really fun. That's why I like bringing these picks up for you because you'll be like, "Yeah, dude, I fucking deadlifted harder than I ever did." And yeah. I was listening to fucking. I lifted up a car on my fucking. I was yeah. listening to Eyeless by Slipknot, and I fucking lifted four hundred pounds. Yeah. I'm like, all right, dog, you might need to chill out on the tee, but you're good. <laughs> you might be juicing. Hella yes. juicing. Uh, but let's uh, let's fucking do top threes, huh? Let's do it. I'll start off. Uh, honorable mention for me, uh, second track, because uh, it's kind nice. of the first intro. It's like the actual, you know, getting into the content, the all narrates beware. I uh, really like that one. Number three, there's no penguins in Alaska. Number two, the words best friend become redefined here. And number one, and I will love this fucking song until the day I die. Baby, you wouldn't last a minute on the creek. That fucking, <laughs> that high-pitched vocal intro with that... T- that oh it's just that that is like damn near a perfectly written song in my opinion it's so fuck yeah man again these song titles are great yeah i love them uh if i'm going honorable mention then three two one honorable mention interlude number two had like a carnival Mm. circus kind of vibe Mm -hmm. (laughs) nice uh the number three no hardcore dancing in the living room number two the world's best friend became become redefined and then one day women will become monsters we'll all become monsters that one i've i this week I kept going back to that one. Mm-hmm. It almost made my honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Don't know why. I was just like, the title's awesome, and it's just great. All the song titles, man, they're so good. <laughs> we didn't bring up the last song, to Trixie and Reptile, Think for Everything. That's also a good song. It's a little <laughs> bit slower intro. Mm-hmm. I like that one. Uh, top three honorable mention. First off, um, I'm going to go Baby Won't Last a Minute. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a fire song. Um Top three, I'm going to go um, the second track, All Neighbors Beware, um, Expired, and Goreville. Ooh. And then No Hardcore Dancing. That was probably my favorite song. Hell yeah. I like the Expired and Goreville pick. Yeah, Expired and Goreville is really good. That is a good one. Super good. I, I was wondering if that would make any ones. Super but good, super good. That was Oswald That Ends Well by Kyotos. Uh, my pick for this week, uh, definitely go give it a listen. Go listen to the band Drugs, uh, Craig Owen's other band. They actually just reunited a while back. Um, great stuff. 
Uh, anyways, we're gonna go ahead and put a big old fat bow on this thing and send this bitch to the moon. Uh, talk about Jake's pick. Well, it's time to talk about our final pick for this week, uh, which is Mr. Jake's. Yes. Hey, hey, mijo. Oh, he's on the phone. You on the phone? No. You want to come ch- chill and talk D'Angelo, dude? Sure. <laughs> Tommy, special, cookie. special guest. I got my cookie. The bookie. You don't even. You don't have to contribute that much, but if you want to hang, you can. I'll hang out in the VIP section. Yeah, Matt, you're going to have to sit in. I'm going to do some steady studying while I figure I'll skate. Yes. we t- continue the yeah. conversation. Let's get back. What, Ange- what uh, uh, D'Angelo album? Voodoo. Voodoo. All right. Well, Voodoo. plot twist. Special Voodoo. guest Kevin joining the joining the show today. Talk about some D'Ange. How you doing, boss? Doing good. Hell yeah. Good. Happy to have you. Thanks. Happy to have you. So... What is the pick we're talking, Mr. Kobo? Yeah, so uh, this week I picked uh, D'Angelo Voodoo. Um, I think definitely one of the more um, mainstream uh, neo-soul R&B mm-hmm. albums, picks that we've done also. Um, came out in 2000. Um, probably the first day of 2000. Was day, it? Day one of 365, yeah, January 1st. Oh, shit, that's, that's nuts. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, definitely a classic, a classic uh, neo soul pick. Um, it's crazy how many people contributed on mm-hmm. this album, how many people were on it. Um, it's got a lot of the Soul Aquarians, which um, it's like a collective of like Erica Badu, Jay Dilla. Um, Jeez, uh, forgot he was in that. Yeah, Jay Dilla, Q Tip, um, Questlove, like all these like really big guys and um yeah it's definitely super good album it's got a lot of aspects from hip-hop to jazz r&b soul um yeah what are y'all thoughts on it i mean kind of you asked what we thought about it like right when we got here which made me think that you were worried that we didn't like it which is because that's usually what I do. If if yeah. we all meet up and I immediately ask you, what did you guys think of the album? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it means that I think you fucking hated it. Because, <laughs> like, well, I'm also a crackhead and I, I just like worry about it. I R&B sometimes too. With R&B, you can... Sometimes it's too R&B, you mm-hmm. know? Like it's too much... It's lovey, too slow. Too lovey-dovey, it's too, too slow, slow yeah. or something, you know? This is this is going to be polarizing. It's not, it's not fucking Soul Child, okay? So, True. chill. You're fine. True. Um, sound child. Sorry. <laughs> um, I like soul child. I'm gonna get. I am going to get a DM, and it is not going to be good. <laughs> oh, I am going to get DM on Instagram because of that. But I don't fucking care. Um, no. But anyway, my response when you asked that, I was like, it's it's the most 2000 sounding thing. But it's like it took all of the aspects of, or was kind of a precursor, you know, to like the Acons and stuff like that. Like very much had the R&B neo soul vibe but then there's some songs that have like really bitchin hip hop beats behind them mm-hmm. you know it like not even and it, that's remove like take the song with Redman and 
excuse me, and them out of the equation. There's other songs that have like, you know, pretty decent beats. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think it was kind of a precursor to, you know, hey, great that it came out to kick off 2000. Uh, Let everyone know we survived Y2K. But also was like, hey, R&B in this genre of music is about to be the shit. It's like rap nowadays, you know, back then. Because everyone was putting this kind of music out. Mm -hmm. And it's, A, better than like 85% of the shit that came out after it in that genre. And is, it's it's very interesting to me because, you know, nowadays you don't see R&B songs that are eight minutes long. Like there mm-hmm. are insane run times on this album for tracks, and I'm like, how the hell? Like no one does, get away with that. no one does that anymore. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's like, it's like, how can you make an R and B song like Master of Puppets length? Like it doesn't make yeah. sense. <laughs> so no, I really, I really liked it. I think the only this was my actual like christening with D'Angelo. Whoa. I heard, yeah, yeah, me too. I had Whoa. heard, I had heard one song, and it was from Django Unchained, the song he did for that movie. Oh. And I loved it. Correct me if I'm wrong, commenters. Please fucking comment. We our comments are dry. He he did one for Red Dead Redemption number two. Oh, okay. So I'm sure he did that. He probably yeah. I can't. I can't remember how it even how it even came up on my radar. But yeah, I like had I like found it and downloaded it. Like had it on an iPod Touch. Like some song he did in Django Unchained. That was like. That's cool. I didn't know. Very that. cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was my only like thing. And so anytime that you would bring up D'Angelo, like, and we'd be bullshitting in an Xbox party, and we'd be like, "Oh, fucking D'Angelo!" I was like, Haha, "Yeah, that one song <laughs> oh, that yeah. I've heard." Yeah. I was like, I, but I knew of, I like knew who he was. Like I looked him up back then, but had never listened to it. So I think this was a really good way to get introed into this, and you know, Dang. to really kind of look. I don't know. When I listened to this, I was like, I really took when it came out. And what the music landscape looked like mm-hmm. afterward into account. That's kind of why I went on that diatribe. That's mm-hmm. crazy. I didn't. I thought you guys had heard of this just because it's. I mean, it's. I mean, I've seen the album cover before and I know sure. of the artist. Yeah. First, right. But diving into this album for the first time was great. It's upbeat. It's downbeat. Mm-hmm. You know, this one album of the year when it came out, mm-hmm. song of the year with Untitled. Uh, so this was a huge album. Yeah, it's it it very had, diverse. I think it won a couple Grammys. I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, like yeah, song of the year and then album of the year. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think at the same time, too, um, what I liked about it is how many people were on it and the length of time it took. Because his first album, uh, Brown Sugar, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. came out in 95. Okay. So it took, it took five years for him to make this, not to fully make this album. He started recording, I think, in 98. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it took like two years that he was mm-hmm. recording. Recorded mainly in Electric Lady Studios. Okay. Um, so a lot of history there. And at that time, everyone else... And the Soul Aquarians was doing their albums too. Right. Um, so Common, he was working on um, the what's that album called? Chocolate Water, like, Chocolate Water, something like that. Yeah, uh, something like that. He was recording that song, uh, that album. Erica Badu was recording her stuff. Uh, Most Def, he was doing his thing. So everyone was always in the studio. That's so, actually wild to hear. Yeah. And now. Now I'm listening to it in my head, and I'm like, that makes actually sense. makes sense. It makes, it makes sense why there's so many people on it. Like, Raphael Shadik, he's, we were just listening to him last night. Raphael Shadik, he's, uh, he, he has a lot of writing credits on this album. Really? Um, same thing with Questlove. 
um, the roots, they're all over this album. We talked about it in the Yeah. <laughs> this is literally last all night all over all again. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, it's crazy how many people were on this. Um, apparently, it was rumored that there was um, the song Feel Like Making Love. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, there was a song that it had Lauren Hill and D'Angelo produced by Jay Dilla. Apparently, okay. But Bert they scrapped Christ it. Christ on a bike, but dude. they scrapped it. Mm. Why? That would have been nuts. Give me. Nuts. I nuts. want it. That sounds awesome. Yeah. It sounds like he kind of hid from the fame after this album came out too. Kind of yeah. On, based on the image he had, you know, look at the album cover. He's like a sex symbol, and he didn't really like that aspect mm-hmm. about it. And he turned to alcohol for a while, and just kind of got out of the limelight for a few years before he made his next album. Really? Um, so to be that popular, get album of the year, song of the year, and then just go, nope. I'm done. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I've always wondered why artists do that. You know, John Frusciante did that with Red Hot Chili Peppers after One Hot Minute, or not One Hot Minute, but uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic came out. Mm-hmm. He just was not like, I don't want the fame. You just no. wonder why artists do that. Like, what do they shy away from? Like, do they, it's not, what are they in, in it for? You know, it's, yeah. they want to be famous and like, you know, share their love of music. So why do they hide from it after that? You always wonder. Yeah. Uh, well, I think, I think, you know, a lot of it starts out as you know, take what we're doing here, for example, you know, mm-hmm. we're just doing this to fuck around and, you know, like hope that someone listens to this and is like, cool music. I'm going to check all that out. I think that's what like a lot of musicians do. They just, you know, get together, jam, and then they're like, well, what if we put something out? And then they get huge and then they're like, wait, I'm actually shy as shit. I don't, I don't fuck with this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that could be to Follow it up somehow. Maybe that's to, what it is too. That as well. Because mm-hmm. after this, I don't think, he did do another album, but it came out like, 2008 2018 mm-hmm. something with the eight it was it's forever so um, he doesn't he's not doing shit anymore huh? not really no he really? did do like features off to after this like he mm-hmm. had he's on a feature on miss lauren hill's album okay um that it's also a really good song but um yeah he didn't really do much after this i feel like he it's interesting you know because he he has such a he has an amazing voice yeah you know and to be able to do that and then get fucking two members of the Wu-Tang Clan on a track with you and be this like Red Man, this, Man, yeah. yeah this this pretty boy sex symbol kind of thing like you talked about and then you know to really put this out and it doesn't surprise me that it won album of the year song of the year all that good shit um, but yeah that is it is so interesting mm-hmm. you know it that kind of thing happening like someone just being like nah fuck this i don't want to do it anymore it makes me be like why you know kind of like you said like mm-hmm. why did you do that and it wow. makes me like their shit more like why did, you, yeah. why did you get into this in the first place like you, mm-hmm. did, yeah. you did something great people were gonna latch on and you're gonna be famous so accept it and roll yeah. with it you know you may not like it but accept it <laughs> neo soul and like r&b too i feel like it's so it's a, such a genre that it's easy to get into mm-hmm. um, and if you're it's kind of like a lovey-dovey mm-hmm. feel I feel like um, a lot of songs on this album I have on like the baby making playlist mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> like cause it's it just it's so like warm um, the vibe is just like so mellow yeah um, it's like eat soup and stay in on a rainy day kind of music. Yeah, you know? it like, is. Yeah. But it's good outside of that. It's, yeah, it's super good. And even the songs that are like higher pitch, the Spanish joint song on this. Spanish joint. That's that's kind of the shit I was talking about. There's like this three song run in the middle of the album where it kind of strays away from 
being so, ooh, you know, like straight up R&B. And you're like, no, this actually like mm. Spanish joint. It's like kind of salsa cumbia. Mm-hmm. Like it's at points. It has some cumbia feels to it. Um, super cool that he does that. It's fucking sick. But that has a lot, I feel like, influence from Questlove. Mm-hmm. and Raphael Shadid because yeah. they have credits all over this album. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the song that when we were hanging out last night that I played from Raphael Shadik is like 80% in Spanish, so that makes sense that, you that know, too. the song, the, an album that he had credits on would be, you know, have that cumbia kind of feel to it. Yeah. Yeah, but definitely glad you guys liked it. Um, yeah, thanks for... We don't, we don't, we haven't brought up that much R&B. Mm-mm. Um, so... Hardly at all. And it's, and it's something it's that... Hard. Like, bring up too I feel like just no I mean I mean I can I can understand where you're coming from with that but I but I do disagree you know uh, I feel like R&B it's it's such a niche at this point you know like if you're not bringing up stuff from this time period it's kind of hit and miss you know and especially Neo Soul like Neo Soul is damn near unheard of unless we're talking hiatus coyote mm. you know nowadays um, but no I like these R&B picks you know we've, we've done this you know guess like bring up the summer walker the yeah. SZA, the SZA. we did bring up sis you know um yeah. a couple other ones but i feel like this is a strong a really strong one to bring up because of the yeah. it's like it's very dynamic you know it it's is. it's got the best of both worlds and it's enough it's got enough of the hip-hop kind of vibe to draw someone like that into it mm-hmm. you know that's why i was into it you know huge hip-hop head had heard one song that he did for a soundtrack and then I was like no I actually fucking I like this a lot mm-hmm. so thank you for bringing up a D'Angelo album so I could get fully introduced to him sucks he doesn't really make music anymore would be really interested to see what he would come out with nowadays yeah but you trying to top three it up yeah yeah let's get into top three it's my uh, honorable mention I'm gonna go uh, Devil's Pie that DJ yep. premiere beat on it super good figured that um, was him yeah, top three. Uh, I'm gonna go Spanish joint. Mm-hmm. Uh, feel like making love, mm-hmm. and how does it feel? Yes, the untitled. That it was written by Rafael Shadik. Nice, um, super cool. For me, honorable mention. Feel like making love. Number three, Spanish joint. Number two, The Root, and number one, nice. Devil's Pie. Devil's Pie, I heard it like on first listen. I was like, that's that's already in the top three. There's no, I can't deny that. Yes. Uh, back to the front, we got Arnold Mention with one Mojin. I like that slow vibe. Nice. That one was good. Yes. Super good song. And too. a funny title, too. Uh, number three, Left Right. Uh, number two, Untitled. And then number one, Devil's Pie. Hell yeah. I like that one. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Well, thank you again for bringing that up. That was Voodoo by D'Angelo, which was Jacob's pick for this week. Do you have any D'Angelo thoughts? Do you listen to D'Angelo much? I'd lie if I said that I haven't heard D'Angelo. I definitely have heard Feel Like Making Love. And in my head, I was like, what's that one song that says Feel Like Making Love? (laughs) (laughs) Definitely have heard D'Angelo before. Um, Real quick, just going through the album, I'd say that, like, I really have come to appreciate the guitar and bass lines, and I heard a lot of the bass, which I wasn't Mm -hmm. expecting. Yeah, it's really cool to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's like an R and B thing, but mm-hmm. just if you really pay attention to it, you kind of hear it. Um, and I really like that in feeling like making love. I heard a little yes. bit of that in Chicken Grease. Yeah, it's like a just stripped down version of mm-hmm. just 
mm-hmm. bass line and like a little bit of vocals. So yeah. It's a really cool song. Yeah. Really yeah. cool album. I didn't know it existed, if I'm being honest. The, yeah. The bass, the bass on it, yes, definitely. It, they have a lot of the Roots members on this. Um, okay. Even on the keys and on the like, uh, what are those instruments called? Trumpets? Yeah. Air, wind instruments? Well, yeah, wind instruments or whatever. Brass? Yeah. Those so yeah, the, definitely the shit you blow and it makes noise. Yeah, 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 definitely a lot of a lot of uh, like musical talent in this. Hell yeah, that was into it. So yeah, thank you guys for. Of course, let's go ahead and uh, show the peeps what we're bringing up next week. You gonna stick around for that, Bev? I'll stick around. You want you want to see the christening? Yeah, of this. All right. Alrighty, it's time for the annual Christmas portion. It's the Christmas. I don't know what the fuck to call annual, this. Every year. Every well, every episode, uh, we go ahead and introduce what we're talking about next week. As per usual, uh, we go in order that we talked on the album or on the episode, which means my That's bald me. brethren I'm gets first. to go first. Yeah. What you got, man? We have the same here. Uh, Two thousand three, <laughs> uh, Delos in the Comatorium by the Mars Volta. Alternative rock, I guess, is a, a genre. Uh, this album uh, was kind of a transition album for me when I moved to California back in 2003. So, hell yeah, heartfelt for sure. I've heard Mars Volta. I've heard of the name Mars Volta a trillion and a thousand times. Couldn't if I feel like I might have heard the music, but it's a name I've seen a bunch, so I'm I'm stoked. That'll for that. be a good intro for you. Yeah, and for me. I've been I've been away from the genre for too long, so we're going hip hop, and I'm going "None Shall Pass" by Aesop Rock, which was not I I fuck it I'll tell you when it was released <laughs> next episode I don't know um, it says 2013 on the album which might be accurate but yeah "None Shall Pass" Aesop Rock produced solely by Aesop and Blockhead Ooh. great production uh, throughout great album. Uh, LP actually does produce one song and is actually on a couple tracks. So we'll run the jewels in there too. Nice. Yeah, None Shall Pass, Aesop Rock. I'm into that. I don't listen to much Aesop, so. Yeah. This is a good one. I'm going to break the seam as well. I'm going to go hip hop. Okay. Um, I'm going to go underground uh, classic at this point. It's too early. 2021, uh, Fly Sifu, uh, Fly Anakin, and Pink Sifu. Smoke break. It's an EP. It's like ten tracks. It's okay. like thirty minutes long, but there's a lot of content on it. So I remember when you got that, and you would send me Snapchats of you listening to it all the time. Yeah. And I've this is one that I've been waiting for you to bring up. I'm like, when's he gonna bring that one up? Because he he fucking loves that album. Yeah, so. I got this one in uh, Music Millennium. I'm up in Portland. Nice. Super cool. Fuck yeah. Got some Fly Sifu, Mars Volta, and some Aesop Rock. You know, kind of touching back into hip hop a little bit. Matt, we can thank you for the inspiration on that this time around, like I did with the indie. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> but anywho's, thanks for stopping by, dog. Thanks. For we'll have you on for a full for a full episode someday. Sounds good. I've got my that might actually happen. I got here Ryan Carey. I'll bring that up. <laughs> no, I was thinking. I was thinking last night after our conversation. I was like, 
thinking of what I could bring up to have you on, and I think I've got some ideas, but we'll talk about that later. Anywho's, this has been episode 45 of What You Spinning. That's Jake. That's Matt. I'm Dorian. Thanks for stopping by, Bev. We'll fucking see you next time for episode 46.